Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Friday, the 27th of January. First up, Elon Musk blasted for ignoring Eliza Blue outrage on Twitter and Jeremy found spicy new videos she's hiding. Looks like uh, Elon Musk is starting to take some real heat. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm just looking at Twitter. I'm looking at the hashtag free the quartering. I'm looking at kind of like the, the things connecting here. And I'm wondering how well connected this Eliza Blue individual actually is. As I am now noticing that Twitter themselves appears to be deleting several of my tweets from behind the lock. I'm locked out. I can't, I can't do anything about it. Um, but on Monday, they deleted one tweet, which is presumably the tweet that they said um, was against terms of service falsely, but they did say that. Tuesday, they, I'll show you the proof here. On Tuesday, they deleted three tweets. And Wednesday, they deleted five tweets. And Thursday hasn't been updated yet, but I'm not doing any of this. I don't have control or access to my account in any way, shape, or form. So I don't know who's deleting what. I don't know what tweets are being deleted. I don't know if they're in relation to Eliza Blue, and perhaps this video is going to have some absolute um, uh, bombshells for you. So make sure that if you're not yet, you're subscribed down below. Things are heating up. Uh, there's there's a lot of, you know, I've been talking with uh, Brittany Venti. I've been talking with uh, my legal team. So starting to look very, very suspicious, look very, very bad for Elon. And it turns out that there are even more videos of the video vixen. Now, all of this started, I'm not going to give you a two-minute breakdown, just a quick, all of this started with trafficking advocate Eliza Blue decided a video that she did six years ago maybe messed with her timeline. I don't know. Uh, or maybe it made her look bad. I don't know. This particular video coming out uh, of her dancing provocatively, uh, she didn't like it, so she flagged it down. But before she did that, she flagged down multiple large YouTubers and free speech advocates on Twitter for posting a publicly available photo. The thing got really suspicious when the VP of Trust and Safety for Twitter was siding with her and then got even more suspicious when links to videos talking about the topic were getting people banned off of Twitter. That's where we are now. So not only is the picture banned or any pictures of this woman apparently, even public ones banned, but links to videos of people discussing anything about her are getting people banned off of Twitter. Um, this is very clearly uh, happening in like as part of a real-time back and forth between Eliza Blue and somebody at Twitter. Um, somebody's deleting my tweets, um, but I found some more interesting things, of course, all archived and downloaded because the internet is forever. Oops. Here's another publicly available YouTube video from nine years ago. Now, I want to point out, um, there's, oh my God, there's just so many of these. It's great. Okay, so here is the, here's really the, the, um, the part of, in my, in my part one today, in one of the videos I put out today, I put out verifiable evidence proof that she was not in these videos against her will. She went on to do multiple video, I'm sorry, she went on to do interviews where she said that she auditioned to be in this World Star video and she was extremely happy about it. And I played that audio in the first video of today. So here she's also calls her mother and talks about how she's a video vixen and that's cool and she's all proud of it. Okay, I don't really know what a video vixen is, but 
Uh, apparently, it's it's just you know it's just, it's the early days of putting your b hole on the internet for tips. Apparently, but if that video was against her will, or if that video was whatever, that was six videos six years ago. How about this video nine years ago from Johnny May Cash featuring YB? I've heard of YB. I think song name a lot of mohos. And if we notice, who's this here? I can't play the music, but that's right. What a like super low budget <laughs> music video. Well, like whatever, everybody starts to summer. Yes, that's right. That's Eliza Blue dancing in this video. I wonder how long it will be before she pretends that this video was, was non-consensual. I wonder if people post this screenshot to Twitter. By the way, I want to thank everybody. Oh, I've got even more for you too. I want to thank everybody for their support. I see you on Twitter. I see you everywhere. All I can say is like, if you're a Twitter blue subscriber, you know, taking Elon with the hashtag free, the quartering hashtag free Brittany Venti, let them know that, you know, you're probably not, if you don't have Twitter blue, you're not considering it. And if you have it, maybe letting them know that you might be considering getting rid of it. I can only think of that. I can really only think of that as something that would like get his attention. He's been on, I know he's been in court like, you know, earlier this week and he's been working on that kind of stuff. And I'm trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I really am. But like, he definitely knows about it now. He was all over Twitter. I mean, he's been mentioned 10,000. So keep it going. Hashtag free the quartering. Hashtag free Brittany Venti. Uh, and keep tweeting at Elon and be like, dude, what is going on here? Why does this woman have the power now to ban links to YouTube videos, individual streams where people are revealing the truth? How about another one? How about another music video by Edi Eddie? Another Vivo Eddie Vivo. Here is Elijah Blue and yet another music video putting her uh, b-hole on the internet or whatever. Again, this video from nine years ago. So this is at least three different music videos that she was booty shaking in. And again, again, I don't even understand why this matters. Why does this matter? The only thing I can think about is if if these co like contradict her timeline of when she's been, you know, people, you know, took advantage of her. By the way, is this normal, Elon? Is this normal to leave somebody waiting on you to read their appeal for almost four days, three four days now? The fact that it takes three or four days to appeal an unlawful and deplatforming, a false flag, a false strike, means they win anyway. Okay, you get Elon that like, I can't, I can't delete this. You're forcing me to admit I did something wrong, which I didn't do, and now I'm just sitting here in purgatory. I submitted the appeal days ago, and no one's applied. So. Effectively, now I'm going on a, a week locked out of my Twitter account. I can't get access to my DMs where I handle my business deals. I missed my podcast last night because I couldn't uh, DM the other hosts on the podcast. Um, my, my coffee company, one of the primary advertising uh, sources I have is my Twitter account with nearly a quarter million followers that I cannot access because somebody in, inside of Twitter is giving special privileges and special rights to an individual that has a Tesla emblem, has been photographed with a Tesla emblem shaved into their head. 
somebody who referred to themselves as being trafficked, but then went on to define that as somebody using their picture to catfish men. Somebody who has thirsted for fame since a very young age after appearing on um, a dating show on TV, then going on to glom on to a lead singer of, I don't know, was it Panic at the Disco? I don't know, My Chemical Romance or something? I don't know. This is somebody that has been chasing fame their entire life. And now, quite frankly, I wouldn't normally say, hey, you've got to answer for this. But like, dude, the longer you don't say anything and the longer you don't restore these accounts. I mean, there are hundreds of accounts of accounts blocked now. Um, this woman is a, a monster of your making. Like, it's just the truth. Elon Musk personally promoted her in December and gave her 116,000 followers and also in November with 50,000. This is a woman that was completely irrelevant before Elon Musk. Elon Musk made her, so he is the only one that can unmake her. Now, yes, she's losing followers, but I still can't access my account. She can still tweet out and mock me. I don't know what Twitter, I don't know which one of my tweets Twitter is deleting. I never agreed to that. I never agreed to delete any tweets. I never agreed to delete the tweet that locked my account in the first place. I don't understand this. Like, I know, like, men, we have, you know, men have their their weaknesses. But, like, dude, this is, this is a mess that apparently somebody in your company, at minimum, let's just say Elon knows nothing about, of course he knows something about it, but if he knows nothing about other than connecting him, Connecting her. Oh, look at that. Look who's trending. <laughs> Keep that up. Somebody inside of your company is giving this woman galactic powers to just ban and block and lock out anyone she wants to for seemingly any reason she wants to. Are you like, are you kidding me? This person has had what four or five different last names Eliza Blue, Cut, Seep, Nose, and of course her birth name, Morthland. Her father's a politician. She's claiming that she has a 550-acre farm somewhere where she has a safe house, allegedly, but nobody's seen any pictures of it. There's no Nobody's found any documents of this actually existing. You see Angry Monkey tweets, Are you kidding me, Elon? A viewer got smacked on Twitter for sharing a stream about her. She's literally in real time blocking links to videos What's this? Another? Is this another music video? Is this another one? Oh, look at that. Yet another music video featuring. So were you against all of these? Let's see. Let's see what's interesting here. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at. Would you look at that? A, f a fourth, a, fo a fourth music video featuring Eliza Blue, still public on the internet. What a coinky dink! Oh, I better archive this right now and download it. So that so she's gonna have to go on an incredible band spree, and one of these artists, you know, I'm not sure how much how how kindly rappers are gonna be taken to having the, this woman take their videos down, but yep. This is another, just in real time, we found yet another one. We better archive that in real time, too, because, you know, that's, you know, 
That's how I roll because I'm not new to this game. So we'll be archiving that. And um, yeah, I'd like my Twitter account back, Elon. I'm kind of getting a little like, this is starting to look a little suspicious. Look at that, boom, archived, easy peasy. Look who's the thumbnail. What a dink! Absolutely deplorable. And next up today, the biggest meltdown in history. This man knows it's all over for him as the mainstream media continues to ignore. This is a, another kind of a pretty important tale. Uh, you know, yesterday's video had good reach, but of course YouTube dinged it. Uh, but uh, I think it's so important to cover that you just don't really want to lose your, your gusto here because uh, quite frankly, the idea of, you know, Big Pharma creating problems so that they could create the solution. Uh, for my viewers, prob you're probably like, well, duh, no kidding. But for, for me, uh, you know, I, st I still live in La La Land where I'm just like, oh, they're just good people. Yeah, maybe, they're, maybe, they're, maybe they're, they want to make too much money and they charge too much for insulin, but they, they're just a company trying to do... No, these people are actually super evil monsters. Uh, and so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna double dip on this because the the freak out that happened afterwards, absolutely insane. The censorship has been absolutely insane. There are a lot of ways that you know YouTube can discourage covering this thing. So I I hope that you'll share this video uh, because you know one way is suppressing it, shadow banning it. Another is demonetizing it. And um, of course they did to my first video for no real reason because you know I I danced around every possible conceivable word. Tucker Carlson covered this last night. It's just about the only mainstream media that did cover this. If you really want to understand how powerful big pharma is, consider this. How powerful exactly are the big pharma companies in this country? Well, that's a big question. There's a lot of ways to measure it, but there are a few ways you can measure it. But here are a few. Big pharma can advertise its product directly to consumers, and that's a little strange if you think about it, since consumers don't actually prescribe them. Doctors do. So why are they being advertised directly to consumers? In, in fact, I didn't even know this until recently, but most other countries, this isn't allowed. Um, this says that's allowed in, oh yeah, there you go. That's allowed in only one other country on the planet, but it's allowed here. So it may not surprise you that in this country, country these companies spend more on lobbying the Congress than any other industry, a lot more than any other industry, and they don't do it by accident. They do it because it pays off. In a deal like this, a pretty remarkable deal, the companies have worked out with politicians, so the government uses your tax dollars to buy billions of dollars worth of their products, and then, in some cases, force you to use those products. True. Now this go in the 24 hours since the big reveal, which has been viewed more than 12 million times on Twitter, the public is very interested. Why wouldn't they be? But the media are not. The other media outlets, no other media outlets have covered it all. We checked MSNBC, CNN, which perhaps not coincidentally takes huge amounts of advertising dollars from Pfizer. These two channels have devoted a total of zero seconds to the story. Zero. Well, just go online to find out about it. Well, Google, the biggest search engine in the world, which has a monopoly on search in this country, appears to have gone out of its way to make it much more difficult for users to learn anything about it, to learn about the executive pictured in the footage. So there is, in other words, on television and in most places online, a near total media blackout on the story. Not on YouTube, 
Now, YouTubers rely on our viewers to help share the message, especially when we're going up against, you know, big tech and, and YouTube, which we know is suppressing the story and at worst, uh, at best suppressing it, uh, at worst banning people from the platform for covering it and maybe not being just, you know, careful enough. But this what's inter what's interesting to me is the call clearly got made. So the individual in the footage that just about everybody saw yesterday, Jordan Tristan Walker, um, is running out a new theory. In this 10-minute video by, of course, PV, which I will not play in its entirety because 8 million people have already seen it, what is some of the, what, what is some of most, it's one of the most insane videos I've ever seen on the internet. Um, this guy goes through like the seven stages of grief in all in like one 10 minute clip. You can see the director um, actually put his hands on James O'Keefe and, and, and their staff, destroyed an iPad, uh, showing the actual undercover recordings. Um, quote, I'm just someone who's working in a company that's trying to literally help the public. They said. Pfizer, my question for you is why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutants? Ah, uh, yeah, that's already interesting, viruses. right? Is this real life? I'm, I'm literally a liar. What, I was trying to impress a person on a date. So now the, the big, uh, this is what they expect us to believe. That he just said this to get laid. He said, I'm literally a liar. I was just trying to impress somebody on a date. Who are you dating? By lying. This please, is please, absurd. Please don't touch me. Well, this is not, by the way, why don't, are you doing don't this? tell this anybody. This is someone who is just working at a company to literally yeah. help the public. You f up. You really did. Please read the cost as soon as possible. I feel very unsafe. Can you please? I feel very unsafe. By the way, at one point in this video, he demands the restaurant tour lock the doors, which you cannot do, uh, which is against the law. He also breaks several other laws on camera. And, uh, and you can see here, I can skip ahead here. Let's see. You know, the, the poor restaurant tour. If we find out who this restaurant is, you know, like I'll definitely, if it's local to you, I'll buy you a pizza or something. I feel bad for them. <laughs> I, I feel bad for them. Um, you know, he must be feeling very nervous, very, uh, paranoid right now. Um, I think the best thing he could do is become a whistleblower at this point, because I think he realizes in this kind of meltdown that he's got huge, huge problems, but he doesn't want me to leave. So I'm in a little bit of a predicament because she's asking me to leave, but he doesn't want me to leave. So what should we do? So he ends up calling in the future, then claim that there's an Can you please unlock your door? No, you, no, don't let them leave. Can you unlock You can see here he says don't let them leave. So he's he's holding them against their will. There are a variety of crimes that happen here. Um and later like oh yeah, here's the fray, which is great. The the he calls the PD and they show up and he's the one who's going to get charged. Here's the incident. Please, 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 un please unlock the door. Give me, why don't don't, don't so stuff. Please unlock, please unlock the door. He thinks that's the only copy of the footage. Unlock the door. Unlock the door. Unlock the door. 
<laughs> it's like a cartoon. Look at him go. Go get wrecked. <laughs> like the <laughs> this guy thinks the only copy of footage exists on that iPad. This I don't even you know what? I don't feel bad for him. I almost do. But my little heart has been blackened over the years. And, you know, you almost feel bad for them. But then you remember the lockdowns. You remember how you had, you had to stay and, and uh, outside while your family members languished, maybe passed away. You had to sit outside funeral homes uh, for service because they wouldn't let you in. Their, your bi businesses were destroyed. Uh, family generations of business destroyed, millions uh, of lives disrupted. That's when you don't really feel bad for them. It's not a people like that. It is not. Stop. Let go of me. Now you're hurting me. What is going on here? You cannot just record people like that. He's hyperventilating. Uh, he knows he's done a huge oopsie. And later when the PD arrive, they actually say, well, they could press charges against him, which I don't think they did. I think like this guy's got it. This guy's in trouble enough. Is that the actions of somebody who was just trying to lie and get laid? Or is this somebody who accidentally realized he let out one of the biggest stories of the century? One of the biggest stories of the century out there now because the dude, I mean, man, come on, fellas. <laughs> All these people getting honeypotted, you know, it actually came up last night. Um, I'm going to leave a link in the description to Sydney and I's podcast. We had been hosting it here um, on this channel, but uh, now we've put it out on its own so we can take it a little more seriously. And on that show... Um, we discussed kind of, she asked the question, a fair one, I think about, you know, Hey, what do you think about, she said, what do you think about, you know, the ethics of, you know, honey potting? Um, I think that it can be icky, but in this case, when you're talking about, you know, this super huge mega corporation, uh, and you know, all of the things that go with that and how they destroyed lives, I literally don't care. And next up, Elon Musk just destroyed what was left of the mainstream media's credibility with new Twitter files. Brand new Twitter files just dropped. It's been a day full of news, a day which I just want to get out to the movie theater and see the whale for myself instead of looking at it in the mirror. I did the work for you, haters. Uh, but uh, the brand new Twitter files about um, the great media fraud. This is uh, one of the stories I've been waiting for, certainly. Um, gonna be a good one move over jason blair twitter files bring reveal the next great media fraud so you have chris watts here in a video let's see what this says your team you guys created a website hamilton 60 yes my colleagues and i we tracked russian accounts That's a bullshit. so they're Ooh. literally right now they're russian bots according to your website that are putting this out into the world is that right. correct That's uh, you and your team you guys created a website hamilton 60 yeah okay Two, I think we need to just call this out on the BS it is. Here's from Yoel Roth, former trust and safety 
Yes, exactly. It's so weird and self-selecting, and they're so unwilling to be transparent and defend their selection that I think we need to call this out on the BS that it is in reference to the Hamilton 68 account list, meaning the media was pushing the Mo Russia narrative, and it never was backed once by facts. Three, another email from Yul Roth. Hey, so-and-so, unlike hashtag release the memo, this one is primarily be driven by driven by data from Hamilton 68. I'll do another sweep for spam shortly, but as of yesterday, this looked like right-leaning hashtag about the shutdown, which only got the label of Russian because of the Hamilton dashboard, falsely accusing a bunch of legitimate right-leaning accounts of being Russian bots. The media falsely accused a bunch of legitimate right-leaning accounts of being Russian bots. Yes. How do we publicly push back on the Hamilton is a bigger question, but I don't think there's anything too noteworthy about the hashtag beyond that. They're, he's basically saying like, I'm sure they were like, man, we don't really want to vindicate these evil Republicans. Um, you know, uh, and <clears throat> that, that's, that's uh, where this is all leading. Quote, virtually any conclusion drawn from it will take conversations in conservative circles on Twitter and accuse them of being Russian. Yol Roth, we produced an extensive description for these accounts during Project Osprey available here. The findings were generally that these accounts are neither strongly Russian nor strongly bots. They're just generally right-leaning users. Virtually any conclusion drawn from it will take conversations in conservative circles on Twitter and accuse them of being Russian. This is the media, okay, essentially being called out inside of Twitter, okay, inside of Twitter for falsely claiming right-wingers as Russian. These are quotes by Twitter executives about Hamilton 68, a digital dashboard that claimed to track Russian influence and was the source of hundreds, if not thousands, of mainstream print and TV news stories during the Trump years. The quote dashboard was headed by, you guessed it, former FBI counterintelligence official and current MSNBC contributor Clint Watts and funded by a neoliberal think tank, the Alliance for Securing Democracy. This is massive. God, I hope people really aren't that burnt out on Twitter files. I hope that, that you're appreciating the coverage. If you are, I'm still covering this the moment it comes out, whenever it comes out. If you haven't yet, there's a, a subscribe button down below the video. Whether you're watching on YouTube, BitChute, Rumble, Odyssey, I don't care. I'm just glad you're here. But I do hope that you'll subscribe today because it helps the channel so much and it means a lot to me. The ASD Advisory Council included neoconservative writer Bill Crystal, former ambassador to Russia Michael McFall, ex-Hillary for America Chief John Podesta, and former heads of deputy heads of the CIA, NSA, and Department for Homeland Security. What a dink! Outlets. News outlets for years cited Watts and Hamilton 68 when claiming Russian bots were amplifying the endless parade of social media causes against strikes in Syria. By the way, I tweeted against that, and I'm not Russian. In support of Fox host Laura Ingram, the campaign of both Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. What? 
Hamilton 68 was the source for stories claiming Russian bots pushed terms like deep state or hashtags like Schumer shutdown, walk away, release the memo, and many others. The secret ingredient to Hamilton 68's analytical method? A list, quote, our analysis has linked 600 Twitter accounts to Russian influence activities online. How and uh, was how the site put it at launch, but Twitter never validated this data. Hamilton 68 never released the list, claiming the Russians will simply shut the accounts down. All those reporters and TV personalities making claims about, quote, Russian bots never really knew what they were describing. Shout out Matt Taibbi if you're not following him on Twitter, by the way. I'd love to follow him on Twitter, but hashtag free the quartering at Elon Musk. Let him know that you're done with Twitter blue until he stops this ridiculous censorship. Twitter executives were in a unique position to recreate Hamilton's list, reverse engineering it from the site's request for data. Concerned about the deluge of Hamilton-based news stories, they did so, and what they found shocked them. At long last, I've been able to reverse engineer the list of accounts behind the Hamilton 68 dashboard. I found their API key, which, um, which is a mysterious AI or art I can't quite describe. These accounts, quote, they concluded, are neither strongly Russian nor strongly bots. So they falsely labeled them as Russian bots. They never were these things. In layman's terms, the Hamilton 68 barely had any Russians. In fact, apart from a few RT accounts, it was mostly full of an ordinary Americans, Canadians, and British. It was a scam. Instead of trafficking, tracking how Russia influenced American attitudes, Hamilton 68 simply collected a handful of mostly real, mostly American accounts and described their organic conversations as Russian scheming. Twitter immediately recognized these Hamilton-driven news stories pose a major ethical problem, potentially implicating them. Quote, real people need to know that they've been unilaterally labeled as Russian stooges without evidence or recourse, Yol Roth wrote. He did have some ethics. Some Twitter execs badly wanted out to out the Hamilton 68. After Russians were blamed for hyping up a particular hashtag, why can't we just say we've investigated? citing the Hamilton 68 as being wrong, irresponsible, and biased? Yoel Roth wanted a confrontation. My recommendation at this stage is an ultimatum. You release it or we do. However, there were internal concerns about taking on the politically connected alliance for securing democracy. Quote, we have to be careful on how much we push back on ASD publicly, said future White House and NSC spokesperson Emily Horn. Quote, I've been very frustrated by not calling out the Hamilton 68 more publicly, but understand we have to play the longer game here, wrote Carlos Mangi, the future senior advisor to Transportation Secretary Pete Booty Judge. So the legitimate people, as one Twitter exec called them, never found out that they've been used as fodder for the mountains of news stories about Russian influence because the Twitter files contain the list they've, been fi they've begun finding out. Quote, I'm shocked, says Sonia Monsieur, who, as a child, lived through terrible things in Lebanon. Supposedly in a free world, we are being watched at many levels by what we say online. Quote, here's another person who is called Russian. I've written a book about the U.S. Constitution, says Chicago-based lawyer David 
Shestokas. How I made the list like this is incredible to me. When asked on growing up, my father told me about McCarthyite blacklist, says Oregon native Jacob Levich. As a child, it would never have occurred to me that this would come back in force and broadly in a way designed to undermine, right, undermine rights that we hold dear. Even Twitter executives were stunned to read who was on the list, wrote policy chief Nick Pickles about British comic uh, Holborn Lols, old Holborn, a wind-up merchant. I follow him, and I wouldn't say he's pro-Russian. I can't even remember him tweeting about it. Absolute bombshell. Excellent work by Matt Taibbi. More evidence that the mainstream media was happy to lie about United States citizens to push their narrative about Russia. And next up today, Elon Musk e-girl Eliza Blue has secret GoFundMe revealed very suspicious new details. I really, really appreciate you. Appreciate the support I see on Twitter. Everyone tweeting at Elon and Twitter support uh, about myself and Britney's and Yellow Flash's all unjustified bans and many others. And I, I want to say thank you. And I also want to bring up, you know, I think that, you know, the internet, it is forever. And we've all done things, perhaps in our lives at least, that we wouldn't, you know, be proud of these days. Maybe it's something we've grown out of. Maybe it's something you genuinely regret. But I also, like, I don't love holding one particular thing over someone's head forever. It gets boring. It gets played out. And people do change. And that's the most baffling part of this whole mystery is all these old clips today. I've got several new clips, including a suspicious GoFundMe uh, to share with you that, I mean, like, I don't think anybody would have cared about, you know, this old uh, dancing videos. Like, I don't really think um, anybody cares about that. Uh, a word care about it. I don't think it really, um, I don't think it invalidates the work that she's done or the things that she said. Um, but her reaction to it and the deplatforming and the threatening of lawsuits, it's made people dig and dig they have. Let's talk about this suspicious GoFundMe. And it's all about timeline. It's all about timeline, isn't it? Here's a GoFundMe where $1,625 was raised. And make, this is not a super old GoFundMe. This was in June 25th, 2020, right in the middle of lockdowns, right? Where $1,625 was raised to send Eliza Blue on vacation. Hello, everyone. As an essential worker, I committed myself to 12-hour workdays, sometimes seven days a week during this difficult season. I serve the survivors of trafficking. My standard caseload is 20 at a time. What does that even mean? Do you work for an actual foundation? Or does that just mean retweeting things? I'm not saying, I'm just like genuinely concerned. What I'm, con, I'm, con, I'm, I'm interested in what your, what your 12 hour work days look like. Anyway, I digress. During this season, I took an extra 61 survivors via online advocacy. Okay, so tweets is what it looks like. So you, you tweeted about it? Is that, 
What does online advocacy mean? Tweeting about things? You need a vacation from that? I feel comfortable now stepping away for five days to heal and refresh. I have done this work for long enough to know that I can't burn the candle on both ends for too long and still continue to be effective. As a survivor myself, I have to know when it's time to step away for self-care. My self-care trip vacation will be private until I have returned due to safety reasons. I will be mindful of the current lockdowns. I would never want to expose vulnerable populations to further harm. Included in my goal are my travel expenses and the amount of time missed from work. So you want people to pay for your vacation and the time money you would make lose on your vacation. I'm sure that you can imagine. I don't make much, but my heart is full. I thought you were hiring a high-priced lawyer to sue us all. If you can't donate, please keep me in your heart and mind. I appreciate it. And she raised $1,625 from this. Is another GoFundMe she has. Send me on vacation to speak at an event and, and, and get more clout. $2,200 raised. I suspect there are even more. Want even more interesting pieces of information? By the way, a lot of people um, are asking me, you know, how can we follow you or how can we communicate while you're locked out of Twitter? I have both a Telegram and I have my Locals page. Um, if you follow me on my uh, the quarter.locals, you can see my updates there. Uh, I'm posting several a day now. Um, and I would appreciate you following me there. Or if you're a Telegram user, I'll post that too. But uh, I'm keeping everybody updated. So then there's this video posted by Chrissy Mayer that said, well, this definitely doesn't help. And in this video, she essentially, in my opinion, admits it's uh, that Survivor is like a rebrand, a marketing rebrand from being an ex-prostitute. That's, you know, that's what this woman she's talking to. She says, oh, I used to be an ex-prostitute. She's like, yeah, but we didn't have a name for that. So is she saying that she was an ex-pro? I don't know. Um, she also admits in this video, in this interview, that she just interchanges interchangeably uses the term pimp or trafficker, depending on the audience. She also goes out of her way to talk about survival hookups and how, like, uh, hooking up with a dude so they can buy you housing or... Um, serve your habits or medicine. Well, that's not trafficking, but she didn't want to talk about that, which is also curious. It's also curious. And how about, gosh, there's just so much dirt. It just keeps going. By the way, shout out to Jessica Reloaded. I feel like we've talked before, but she's starting this kind of movement that I think will actually be more effective on Twitter. Um, the only thing, you know, tagging Elon Musk saying, I've officially canceled my subscription to Twitter Blue. You clearly don't support freedom of speech. Therefore, my broke rear is keeping my hard-earned money. You don't need it. And she canceled the Twitter Blue and, ta and, ta and tagged Elon, along with the hashtag free quartering, hashtag Britney Venti, hashtag free yellow flash. If everybody watching this video had like variants of this, and if you don't have Twitter Blue, you could let Elon know that you would never buy Twitter Blue. And if you do have it, you know, showing the receipts about canceling it, um, you know, I'm going to cancel mine. Even if I get reinstated, I'm not paying this company money anymore. There's just no point. None. I, I, I just don't trust them. 
They have to do a lot of work to get my trust. A lot. And so shout out for the solidarity there. There, And I think this is the language Elon understands is people canceling their Twitter blue. And um, how about I saved almost the best for last, okay? Remember, uh, remember how Eliza Blue claimed that she started a, that she started this thing called um, whatever Heritage House or Honor House or whatever. It was like a a, a halfway house or a, a house for people who had been allegedly trafficked to get support. She tweeted Andrew Yang about it, all this kind of stuff, right? She said it was. She said I was on a 500-acre farm. Here you have this picture. It's my great pleasure to announce. This was mentioned one time in 2020 and never again. By the way, um, also, if you look, this was in March of 2020. And then three months later, she's doing a GoFundMe so people can send her on vacation. Now, this is somebody who started a humanity house i mean presumably you're buying a home hundreds of thousands of dollars you're buying you know uh, towels cooking supplies medicine maybe you're paying someone to actually be at that house to supervise the house right if you run like a halfway house like this essentially it's not the same but it's similar cost expense i would imagine you've got to buy beds you've got to buy furniture you got to buy all this stuff hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars that allegedly went into this. And three months later, she's going on vacation and, and GoFundMeing the entire cost. Now she claims that it's on like a 500 acre farm or something. Um, I opened a safe house for, for Survivors Monday. I named it the Humanity House as a nod to you. Um, you know, I, I don't know where this, I don't know where the, the you know, stuff went. But I could tell you her dad lives on a farm. Born and raised in Rock Island County, Rich Morthland. This is Eliza's father, a Republican candidate, a Republican uh, individual or a state representative. I, I feel like I'm going to ask Richard Morthland a little bit more about this heritage house, I think, or humanity house. I think he would know about it. Um, he remains committed to his agricultural roots, remaining the owner and operator of his family's farm, where he and his wife, Betsy, maintain 400 acres of crop ground and 100 head of cow. Is this perhaps where Humanity House is allegedly located? I feel like Richard might want to answer some questions about that. I'm going to probably give him a call, see what he has to say. As a state representative... His daughter is saying that she started a nonprofit uh, to help uh, trafficking. I've, I'd want to support that. So if it's on his farm, I'm going to call him and see uh, if I could donate some money to that. See what he has to say. And last up today, Elon Musk reveals new secret shadow bans targeting conservatives to Dave Rubin. More proof. Wow, we wow. We've got even more information coming out of Twitter in terms of some level of confirmation around um, shadow banning, and particularly conservatives. Shadow banning that still exists right now to this day. Uh, I would know about that if um, I was allowed to use my Twitter, but uh, Elon's e-girls uh, apparently got a bunch of power there and keeping me locked out. So there's that. 
But um, Dave Rubin put out a thread yesterday, uh, spent the last two days at Twitter in San Francisco, talking to engineers, product managers, and yes, Elon Musk, learned a ton about what's going on. Before I share, I want to note after a couple hours of meeting, I asked Elon what I could share, and he said anything that's true. Now, uh, this is also covered by the Post Millennial, which isn't covering my Twitter ban for some reason, even though they asked, reached out and asked a bunch of questions about it. Um, but Elon Musk reveals that there are, in fact, secret Twitter labels causing shadow bans on conservatives. On Thursday, conservative commentator Dave Rubin reported that he had spent the last two weeks at Twitter's San Francisco headquarters talking to engineers, product managers, and, of course, Elon Musk and learned that the team still has more questions than answers, including around a bunch of secret labels used to shadow ban conservatives beyond the revelations of the Twitter files. My, you know, my position on this has continued to remain. Why are these things still around? Elon keeps saying about, well, it takes time, it takes time, it takes time. I mean, it wouldn't take that much time to just tell the system to ignore these labels um, and or to en masse remove them. But for whatever reason, they're still there. And I can say this, you know, with some degree of confidence that there's a lot of, um, you know, conservatives in the space that say, hey, my interactions are, you know, my interactions vary wildly. And, you know, I still think I'm shadow banned one week. Everyone says they're shadow banned. Another week says they're not. So there's clearly something going on. Ruben tweeted that accounts aren't just hit with labels that are obvious to insiders. They now found more, quote, secret labels that are causing shadow bans. My account was hit with all three. Recent bad behavior strike, recent misinformation strike, recent suspension strike. It's unclear what these strikes actually do but for sure they suppress views and recommendations. They are trying to figure out to what extent. I have also had many innocuous tweets labeled as NSFW or NSFA, which affect visibility in the timeline. Quote, there's an entire keyword database so that machine learning makes sure not to promote bad behavior or things that it generally wouldn't want to promote, but it's a massive overreaching words. Literally, the word gay was on the keyword list, which would make you not advertiser-friendly and harm the tweets in the algorithm, uh, Ruben tweeted. Ooh, well, maybe the left will suddenly start caring about this. So this could be interesting. Very interesting. Um, in July of 2022, Ruben was suspended from Twitter for defending Jordan Peterson's tweet about Elliot Page. Backing up for a second... They found that, quote, recent suspension strike on my account most interesting because it was from July of 2022 when I was suspended for calling out Jordan Peterson's unjust suspension. So though suspension was reversed, the action on the account remained, Ruben tweeted. I noticed this uh, when on Saturday it appeared that my appeal had been accepted and my account had been restored for some reason, I remember this, and it was like groggy, and it was like five in the morning when I was seeing it. So maybe I, I feel like it said, uh, "Appeal granted, strike removed." It said on the account when I logged back in. Now maybe I'm just imagining that. I don't think I am, but like, certainly my account has been suspended before, um, and 
how long do these, if you've ever been suspended, how long does that penalty stay in place? Ruben said Elon was bringing people in and out constantly and seems to be aware of pretty much every issue. He thinks maybe the entire code has to be torn down and start from scratch. At the end of the night, he said the whole situation is a flaming dumpster rolling down the street. Quote, so I assure you, they are aware of the problems and Elon and engineers are all there all night trying to untie this crazy knot. Some changes they made, like the For You tab, have confused people and hurt engagement for accounts who have gotten uh, who have gotten the NSFA not safe for advertisers label without knowing, Ruben added. I mean, I don't think anyone's surprised by this. You know, I think you see here in his actual tweet, you know, a fractal Rube Goldberg machine. That's what Elon Musk called Twitter. As they fix the code, more problems arise. A delicate balance he likened to a Jenga tower. One wrong move and the whole thing collapses. They're working nonstop, and both times I met him were after midnight. This is one of the reasons I've continued to kind of give the guy a break about my Twitter ban. Uh, you know, I, I find it unjust. I find that uh, it is my opinion that um, that trust and safety is working closely with uh, Eliza Blue to go take advantage of loopholes in the rules or perhaps even outright maliciously uh, apply punitive uh, actions to my account and other accounts. Um, maybe Elon doesn't even know about it. The dude's pretty busy. Um, he's had a pretty good month with Tesla, though. Tesla stock owners are a lot less grumbly. He wrote, I met with several engineers to do a deep dive on why my account and so many others, I'm sure Dave Rubin only looked at his account, I assure you, um, seemed to be absolutely crushed after a two or three week return to normalcy when Elon first took over. They still have more questions than answers, but they did learn a bunch of stuff. Accounts aren't just hit with labels for, that are obvious to insiders. They now found more secret labels, which are causing shadow bans. My account was hit with all three. It's unclear so far what these strikes actually do. I mean, imagine looking at code and like seeing these things and you're like, I don't even know what they do. Like it's going to take a year for them to, to make Twitter like truly fair and balanced. I really hope that, you know, by the next election cycle, that would be pretty good timing. Uh, I would suspect. Also, there's an entire keyword database, uh, backing up for a second. They found a quote, recent suspension strike on my account. Most interesting because it was from July of 2022 when I was suspended for calling out Jordan Peterson. It's unjust suspension. Um, you know, it's he goes on to say, I assure you they're aware of the problems and Elon and engineers are there all night to try and untie the crazy knot. Some changes they've made, like the For You tab. They also don't know for sure why things got so much better once Elon made the acquisition and why it seems so far worse now. Some is probably related to the excitement around Elon himself. I, I actually agree with that, which is also coincided with the World Cup, but that doesn't explain why it feels so off right now. Well, I have a feeling, I have a suspicion why that might be. It's because people get bored. All these conservatives and right-wingers like came back to Twitter excited and saying this is fun and whatever, whatever, but life happens. You know, people, people had the holidays, people, you know, t the excitement, everything shiny fades. So a lot of people came back and they were using Twitter more than usual because they wanted to support it. And then they saw, oh, shadow bans are still a thing. 
or hey, we're not going to unban Alex, or we're going to bring back this account and then suspend it anyway. And there's this problem, and there's that problem, and you can still get banned for hate speech, and you can still get banned for misgendering people, and you could. So like, all each one of these little things eroded people who probably thought like, woo, this you know the the chains have been uh, uh unsh- I've been unshackled. Twitter's going to be fun again. And the reality is, it's going to take. I'm going to guess like at least six more months before the platform is uh, really kind of fair and balanced, maybe even longer. Uh, and who knows if I'll even be unbanned by then. Uh, I am not uh, removing this photograph, uh, even though it seems like Twitter is like deleting, um, you know, uh, my tweets. I can't see what they're deleting, but they're, they're, they're getting deleted. I don't really know. Um, he also said also a huge shout out for David Sachs, who is helping Elon clean up his mess because he believes in the fight for free speech as much as Elon. One of the thing Elon really lit up when we talked about shifting the political landscape and how anyone non-woke is now far right. The notion is deeply connected to how screwy things <clears throat> got at Twitter, and he's working to fix it despite the huge challenges ahead. Well, <clears throat> and frankly, they got to get the company out of San Francisco because it's gross. What's really crazy, now having seen Under the Hood, is that Jack Dorsey repeatedly said they don't shadow ban. The entire machine behind Twitter is designed to shadow ban. It's almost as if it was the primary goal rather than the product itself. Uh, Well, also understand that they never called it a shadow ban. They called it de-boosting or de-listing. So they got to live in the semantics of it. Um, You know, an engineer I've been working with contacted me on this specifically and said there is a technical reason for why it happens. Um, and of course, Elon Musk replies, accurate tweet. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, there isn't, there's, there's a whole lot of it that has yet to be unraveled. Obviously Elon's dealing with import, you know, other things like, you know, advertiser boycotts. There was one report that said something like a 70% drop, uh, in, in the, in December, January, whatever it was. Um, hey, he's got my viewers that I that I gleefully told to sign up for Twitter Blue. Now canceling Twitter Blue because uh, a different kind of blue is influencing their trust and safety. He's got a lot of cleaning up to do, and I think the reality is setting in for a lot of people that it's not going to be an overnight thing. I hope you were informed by this video, and if you were, please do click that red subscribe button down below. I would greatly appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again real soon.